I always feel like conversations outside of the therapy room are polite. People aren't really yeah. telling you how they really feel. Yeah. And the yes. beauty about therapy is I get to meet all of a person. And that's just amazing, right? And so I, what I love is finding aliveness. And aliveness doesn't just mean happy and joyful. It could be sad. It could be angry. It could be anxious. Mm -hmm. And look, I have permission to invite people to be all those parts of themselves as a therapist. But of course, at a cocktail party, I don't have permission to, hey, no, come on, tell me how you're really feeling. And, and play with someone in reality, not in the kind of little facade that they are and I'm putting on. But, by the mm. way, a little analogy I came up with, therapists are like vampires. And I don't know if you're familiar with the vampire mythology is we have to be invited in. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Figs O'Sullivan. Figs is a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified in emotionally focused therapy, and the founder of Empathy. Figs is a passionate entrepreneur driven to change lives for the better. Welcome to our show, Figs. Thank you, Shahid, for having me on. Great to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure. That's a cool name, Figs, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. I know it's a short form, though. Yeah, exactly. I've been called yeah. Figs since I was like four or five years old. So it's I've had this nickname wow. for a long time. That's amazing. How did you get into this line of work? I was late to accept my faith of becoming a therapist. My, my dad's a therapist, mom's a therapist, sister's a therapist. I actually, when oh, I wow. first moved to America, I became a stockbroker back when we were still called stockbrokers. And, yeah. and so I tried to deny the family vocation. It's definitely what I'm best at. Pulls and, you in. <laughs> but yeah, by my mid thirties, I'd given up the fight and gone back to school and became a therapist. I love it. So what part that excites you the most when dealing with people? Look, I feel I get to meet all of a person when you're out mm. in the world, like even when I was yes. a stockbroker slash financial advisor or yeah. business development, I get, I love people, but there's always yeah. a, there's always a part of the person that is hidden or on purpose. And so it's this kind of weird facade conversation. Like I always feel like conversations outside of the therapy room are polite. There's a certain mm. realness like missing. Like a script? A script, you know, everybody's <laughs> yeah. yeah, like people aren't really yeah. telling you how they really feel. Yeah. You're not telling yeah. them. And yes. the beauty about therapy is I get to meet all of a person. Yeah, And that's just amazing, right? And so I, what I love is finding aliveness. And aliveness doesn't just mean happy and joyful. It could be sad. It could be angry. It could be anxious. 
Mm-hmm. And look, I have permission to invite people to be all those parts of themselves as a therapist. But of course, at a cocktail party, I don't have permission to, hey, no, come on, tell me how you're really feeling yeah. and, and, and play with someone in reality, not in the kind of little facade that we're, they are and I'm putting on. But, by the mm. way, a little analogy I came up with, therapists are like vampires. And I don't know if you're familiar with the vampire mythology is we have to be invited in, right? Oh, I, can't, yes. I can't try and ask <laughs> who true. someone really is unless they invite yeah. me in. But, no, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. And you definitely get invited in a lot then. Look, once you, if someone comes into my office and I do everything yeah. virtually these days, right? That is, okay. they invited me to, yes. to try and help them become more of who they are. And that's, so do that's you work I, with, do you work with entrepreneur couples? Yeah. Most of my clients still to this day are from San Francisco, Silicon Valley. So it'd be hard to say a number or percentage, but probably most of my clients work in the hotbed Mecca of the entrepreneurial world, right? funded yeah. Silicon Valley companies. Yeah. I end up working with a lot of entrepreneurs and helping them in their relationships. When working with entrepreneur couples, what are some of the challenges that they face in their relationship? And then how do you help them navigate from through those challenges? Yeah. yeah. So look, as your audience knows that are entrepreneurs, it's all consuming. It's rare to find someone yes. that they're that's where they're... we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so it flies in the face. It's a of uh, what love really is. So if you think love mm-hmm. is the need to be emotionally bonded, and there's two primary needs in love, is that me being me is good enough and acceptable is one. And then the other one is that I'm a priority to you, that I'm special to you, that I matter to you. So now imagine Mm -hmm. one person or both, right? But let's just say one person has their entrepreneurial endeavors and they're obsessed with it. Most likely their partner or spouse is not going to feel special or a priority. They're not deprioritizing their partner or spouse on purpose. But that level of obsession or care or intensity about what they're doing, one of the consequences of that is their partner or spouse is going to feel they don't matter. And then that Mm. partner is going to hurt, right? And then the Mm -hmm. way they respond to hurting will confirm for the entrepreneur that look how hard I'm working. I'm trying so hard. This is so important. How could you not accept me? Mm. How could you not be disappointed in me, not understand? Mm-hmm. So that couple gets in this cycle where both of them are feeling unloved in a way that really matters to them, right? Not feeling accepted, not feeling prioritized. Mm. And then both of them protest in a way that makes things worse and confirms yeah. this negative cycle. Mm. And then so my job, what I do is instead of having those two stories be separate, I help them live inside that one story and how sad and tragic this is for both of them. Look how much you love each other and how important you are to each other. And it makes sense. You're both hurting and no wonder you would both protest like this. And if I can get them to Mm -hmm. live inside of that narrative, 
then they can yeah. have a lot of empathy and compassion for each other and then connect where it's actually is really sad for both of them. Mm -hmm. And then they can mm -hmm. be a team again and move forward as a team with the reality mm -hmm. of our situation. So figs before anybody books an appointment with you and takes that step, is there anything that you can recommend or suggest when it comes to strategies that couples can do to create that healthy balance? The first thing I would always encourage people to try and see the systemic story, not the me story or the you story. So it's mm. always a system, right? And when you're a part of a system, it's very hard to see if you're, if you're a tree in the woods, you're mm -hmm. not in a very good, you don't have a good vantage point to see and understand the pain of the woods because you're locked deep inside the wood. You need the yeah. drone's eye view. So if you can yourself mm. get in your drone and get out of your subjective tree in the woods perspective and fly above the entire woods and see, oh, I get what's happening bird's for both of us. Yes, you need that mm -hmm. bird's eye view. I know I'm trying to use modern drones for people, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's true. But yeah, you need that bird's eye view that look both. Yeah. Everybody always makes sense. You're hurting, even though you might think you're just like doing you, but you're in protest and you're hurting, feeling unacceptable to your spouse or partner, not supported, not understood. And I guarantee you, your spouse or partner makes sense and they're worthy of a lot of empathy and care. And the way they're protesting, even if you think it's annoying or you have judgments mm. about it, it actually, if you look at it logically, I guarantee you they make a lot of sense. And now, so we just, it's just math. Let's add those two stories. You, you both actually make sense. So what's happening between us makes sense. And then let's turn that into an opportunity to actually yeah. have empathy for each other. So yeah. the key first thing you could do is try to see it's a system. Now, look, I, I'm not optimistic that people can do that on their own, right? Because mm. love and bonding yeah. is so important that you're going to be, you're going to feel yes. threatened. You're not going to behave well when you're threatened in mm. love. One of the things that I find difficult is people expect of themselves and their partners and spouses to behave very well. And it's not a realistic expectation. Now, there are limits. I think you have a right to expect that you're not going to get hit, threatened. Your passport's not going to be burned. Tires aren't going to be slashed. You know what I mean? But mm. people are going to be reactive. People are, will shut down. People will, like, mm. passive-aggressively only make one cup of coffee and not make one for you. Right? That mm. stuff is going to happen. But, mm. but, yes, try and see it's a system. But and I don't mean this as an advertisement for me, but I, I think yeah. there are people like me. The most important mm -hmm. thing is if you're struggling, like with your entrepreneurial partner or with your spouse or partner, I would try and get in to see a third party that is a professional at seeing the bird's eye view and empathizing mm -hmm. with both of you as soon as possible. Fairly. Yes. Yeah, as early as possible, right? Because it's mm. amazing how quickly things can get better if two people hurting can be held by someone that is actually seeing so both true. of them as valid, logical people. Yes. This is exactly how what we say to our students when we're working with them is to become aware of your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors without judgment, without trying to label it, figure it out. 
look at it like a consultant would. It's very difficult, obviously. It takes time to practice and work on that self-awareness, but it's similar because they need a professional to come in to be that balance between them. Yeah, exactly. But that's beautiful. That, that is a way I often describe what I do. I'm a consultant to a couple's process. And mm. just like the individual, like you're saying, your individual student, they have what they need to be able to study their individual process, but mm. very hard for the couple to study yes. their couple's process without the bird's eye view holder. Now, the idea is mm -hmm. like the bird's eye view holder, like me, the therapist, coach, whatever it is. The idea is to do it enough times and help them have the reparative experience that eventually then they can do it themselves. But to expect mm. that they could do it themselves from the from a starting point that they're both feeling hurt by each other. It's not realistic that they will succeed the first time. This is another thing I'm always trying to help people. And entrepreneurs are actually, this is one thing that makes entrepreneurs very good at couples therapy. Most entrepreneurs know nothing works the first time. And even if it did work the first time, look, we That's have to validate it we, and we're going to have to yeah. back test it. And so the same, mm. the, what makes love and relationship work, the same interventions, the same process that makes it work is probably going to fail the first 30, 40 times. So the patience and commitment, I often compare myself to as to a pit bull with a locked jaw. Like, I know what'll make it work and it failing the first 10 or 20 times, whatever. It's great. Every mm -hmm. time we fail, we learn a little bit new information that we can iterate and like and get a little further the next time we try and get this couple to a place they have empathy and can connect with each other in the disconnection, not continue to mm -hmm. try and get out of the disconnection because the way both mm -hmm. people try and get out of disconnection actually tragically makes things worse for both of them. Mm. And in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. And that may affect that sense of security and trust between the couple as well. Um, is there any kind of advice you can give to manage these emotions? Yeah, let's say your listener is an entrepreneur. What I would very fundamental point is if you're not okay, the people that love you are not okay. If you're mm -hmm. not okay, they're not okay. It's just yeah. a fact. You are yes. so important to them, right? Your, our first need is to be emotionally bonded. You are your partner or spouse's primary attachment, emotional bonding figure in the world. And if you are anxious, you are worried, they will not be okay. Now, you may think that's terribly unfair. I'm dealing with something so big in my business this week, and I don't know if we're going to get funding or I don't know if it's going to collapse yeah. right now. Listen, all mm. of that is valid. And the fact that yes. you're going through that, it is also absolutely valid that your partner or spouse is also experiencing tremendous distress because you are that important to them that when you're not okay, they are actually feeling terrible threat, vulnerability inside. And to, to expect them to somehow be able to be supportive of you while they too are going under this you know, like huge distress is not realistic. That's why it's really important we get you to feel 
They don't need to understand the business. You don't have to include them in what's actually logistically happening, if that's your thing. Not everybody spouses talk about what's mm. happening, but we need yeah. to have a way that you're sharing with each other and allowing each mm. other to feel the distress you're having. When mm. one of you is going through a hard time, you're both going through a hard time. Always. And that's another point there about communication, how it's a vital component in the relationship. Yes. Uh, do you have any techniques, exercises that you could recommend wow. to create more of a open communication between them? Look, for entrepreneurs, like this is one of the tough parts, right? It, let's say a generalization. Mm -hmm. Like entrepreneurs are typically good at when scared, activating and continue to move and press forward while being scared. That's great. Mm -hmm. But then you try and apply yeah. that exact same skill in your relationship. Uh -huh. I'm not going to feel my vulnerability, my fear. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to press forward. Yeah. That's not going to work with your romantic partner. <laughs> That's going to leave them more distressed. So look, you got to do like uh, entrepreneurship teaches us all the time, right? I can't just stay in my lane. I got to learn this new skill. So you got to yeah. be able to context switch what works in your business right, is not going to work in your relationship. You can't just press forward. You got to learn how to look. I have this urge to press forward and just get through this like scary place, right? And that's good in your business, perhaps. But with my partner, I got to let them know, hey, by the way, do you see the way I'm head down and I look distracted? What's actually really happening inside me is I'm scared as hell. And I want you to know that when yeah. I look like I'm not available to you, I just don't know what else to do right now. That yeah. will make that you not burdening them because they already feel it because you're so important to them. You're actually yeah. giving them a gift by letting them into your internal experience. Mm. Oh, that'll give them a big out breath. Thank yeah. God. Because they'd rather be with you, even if what you're yes. dealing with is hard, than be yeah. kept on the outside. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the type of person, too, that they like to keep things like business separate than their family, for example. They just don't communicate anything about business in the, in yeah. the but look, I, right? your body, the way your shoulders yeah. are hung, the way you don't greet people when they come into the door. Look, yeah. you're not doing as good a job at keeping it separate mm. as you think. I guarantee yeah. you, you're like, oh, uh, church, church and state don't mix. Look, mm. you're, if you're an entrepreneur and it means something to you, your family are riding that roller coaster with you every day or your partner or spouse. Yeah. Like it or not. Exactly. Do so it. let's yeah. try and let's try and name it explicitly. The, the, one of the one of the biggest things you can do to improve something is not actually change it. It's just naming it, letting it be explicit. Mm. I'm that, aware of even it. Even just it. naming something. This mm -hmm. is actually happening. I am worried. I am not available. I am really hurting because it looks like you care more about the business than me. That seems like that would be a terrible thing. But the two mm. people were already living with that reality. They just weren't saying it explicitly. So much better to get it out and have it explicit because it's like it takes a problem that has very little air to breathe and it's really contracted. And it's just the exact same problem now. There's a lot of space mm. around it. And when we have more space around it, now there are more possibilities that, we, that it can change into something else. Wonderful. Figs, can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? 
Yeah, my innermost superpower, because I had lots of material to work with, is turning my, like going from reactivity to vulnerability and sharing my vulnerability. Mm. And I say I had lots of, I got lots of wounding as a kid, emotional yeah. wounding as a child, mm. and had loads of ways of protecting myself and was very proud of the way I protected myself. And luckily, I was able to look at the way I protected myself, go, you know what, I think it's probably better. I work less on protecting myself and be a vulnerable one, a hurt one, and share and communicate with the world the way I'm hurt. And of course, that's what I do now that's is I great. help other people do that. Yeah. And that's what I started doing as well. Not just because you've been hearing a lot about sharing your vulnerability and there's a lot of data going around, but it was just part of that phase is that I didn't want to be behind it. I wanted to let it out, but it felt, yeah. it's just freeing when it's so freeing that you can actually just be yourself. You're not affected exactly. by what other people think of you anymore. That's like a superpower on its own. So yeah, I agree. Great fix. You. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. It was wonderful talking to you. I'm sure we have helped people out there that are attending this episode today. So thanks again. Thank you, Shahid. Good nice to see you. You're welcome. Audience, thank you for joining us. You can take a look at FIG's information. If you need any help, get in touch. And hopefully what we shared today is going to help in any way possible. Thanks again for helping us grow. Appreciate you guys. Bye for now.